live. Yeah, we are. You guys, who let us have a podcast? <laughs> Welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Natalie Hopkins. And I'm Paige Burke. And welcome. I hope you guys are as excited as we are. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Guys. Hi, my Hello. little Hello. If I sound a little nasally tonight, you guys, it's because I have a cold. It's because I am nasally. <laughs> it's because I am nasally. It's because winter is coming. That's why. Game of Thrones, what's up? Anyway. Everyone on last week was like, we get it, HBO. We get it. Like, you're jinxing Minnesota because it was April, what, 10th? And we got a foot and a half of snow. There was, like, tagging HBO. some funny tweet that came out of somebody in Chicago who was like, do you really think that? Oh, no. I know what it was. It was overheard in Chicago. Do you ever do you ever follow those accounts? No. Oh, the overheard in Los Angeles one is yeah, that crazy. Really funny. <laughs> the overheard really? in New York's amazing, but there was overheard in Chicago, and it was like, "Did you hear that Game of Thrones page make it snow for the premiere?" <laughs> like, who's, so much control. Who said that? Anyway, I was in Chicago <laughs> yesterday, oh, yeah. and it was oh, snowing. Gosh. Yeah, what were you doing in Chicago? I was seeing my grandmother, who's sadly not doing so well. Oh, yeah. well. We wish her the best, and we hope that she's watching Thanks. Game of Thrones. <laughs> she's definitely not, but she's living the best of the rest of her life. So, well, that's oh, good. Okay. Yeah, that's good to hear. Speaking yeah. of living the best of the rest of your life, do you know what today's I topic mean, is? What a segue! <laughs> yeah, what a segue! Speaking of, do you know what today's topic is? Tell us. Go. It's maintenance. It's maintenance. Almost talked about the entire topic. I know. On the last I the know. end of the, well, the end of the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Maintenance. So ultimate hot topic. We get asked how many questions about maintenance, what it looks like, what does it even mean? Do you track? Do you not track? When do I go on it? How long does it last? So we're going to answer all those questions tonight. Black hole. Oh, baby. It is a black freaking hole. So let's talk about why we're talking about it in the first place. And I think Natalie, like the first thing Natalie said last week when I said that this week was going to be maintenance was just like, it's this elusive thing because it looks so different for everybody that it's just like, what is it even? (laughs) Natalie's, it's just, it's different for everyone, right? It looks super different. So what is maintenance? Maintenance in effect is getting to a place where you are maintaining what you've accomplished. And maintenance looks super different for everybody and nothing at all. And so that's kind of why it's so confusing. Also, the path to get there, to get to that place where you're maintaining, looks a lot different for different people. So that's why it's this kind of strange, elusive thing. That was so well said, Christina. It really was. I didn't have anything else to add to that. That Yeah, I was like, okay. And that was the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) And good luck. You'll never find it. (laughs) Well, I feel like so maintenance is it's super it's a very important thing. And I think, Natalie, this is something that you always talk about is how you don't think it's healthy to track forever. And I mean, neither do I. But it's so important to learn how to get to maintenance possibly more important than getting to what your goal is in the first place (laughs) because it's not healthy to track macros forever. And so our goal is to get you off of tracking. That's kind of our end goal. 
So true. And I think the reason why I always land on how it's not healthy to track Mm. forever is because at my core, I don't believe that we're meant to rely on data to understand our bodies. I think Mm. this is just, you know, I'm basing this more on personal experience than anything else, but there's going to be a million other things that crop up in your life where you're going to have to just like tune into what your body's trying to tell you. And if you're always just going on numbers and data and relying on a app on your phone to tell you what's going on with your body, I think that's just going to come around and bite you in the ass later in life. And I think that it's important to have this information and to know it, but to not attach yourself to it. I like will so often and check-ins with clients, I'll equate it to like learning a language. So it's like you learn how to speak English, but you don't go around with like a translator app for the rest of your life, like relying on it. It's like at some point in time, you just start speaking it and understanding it and knowing it. And it's just a part of you and it's a part of your knowledge. But you have to like get yourself to that point where you stop relying on the data. Yeah. And I love that you said that, Nat, because we're kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth because we're like, data, data, data. That's all we care about for 12 weeks. But at the same time, that tracking for 12 weeks and getting data on yourself is important because then it's going to teach you what it looks like when you're not tracking all that data. So I like that you kind of reference that because I think it's something that we should probably cover more in depth because it's important to have both times in your life. I love that analogy of learning language. That shit's perfect. (laughs) That's like spot on. I'm stealing that. (laughs) Me too. I love that. Love. It's also important to figure out how to go on maintenance because you can't be on a deficit forever. Let's be real. That's not healthy for you mentally, physically, all all that good stuff. And it's an important part of transitioning yourself off of macros. So learning that or using that language metaphor, once you learn the basics and, and you practice, not all your learning is done, right? There's this period of time where it's still not coming naturally to you and you still have to give it some effort. But it's kind of a little more free or you're testing the waters a little bit more with, you know, what you're comfortable with. So love that. So let's talk about when to go on maintenance. So I feel like this is very confusing for a lot of people. So when do we go or start thinking about going on maintenance? I was just going to say, I feel like a lot of people come in if they haven't, or if they haven't tracked macros before, they come into our program expecting to go into maintenance right when the 12 weeks is done. Mm. I was a believer in that when I first started. So I would say it's not as cut and dry or black and white as that. And it's more of a feeling that you get when you reach your goals, whatever those goals might be, that you start to transition into this new phase. So it's not like, X amount of weeks that you're going to go into maintenance, more of like assessing all of the data and all of the things that you've been been doing for a period of time, you would hopefully rely on your coach at some point or yourself, if you have tracked for long enough to be able to find that answer, whether it's with guidance or just being able to trust yourself. What were some things that you felt when you, or I guess, when did you go on maintenance? And what were the things that you felt the first time you were like, I think I want to go on maintenance? The first time I went on maintenance was of January of this year, fully. Cool. So that was a good 11 months or 10 months of tracking. Not to say that I was tracking hardcore every day, 
but I was at a cut for the most part uh, for a good like eight months. So was it more of a mental break that you needed? Yeah. And I, I also was getting to a point, I was like, I just need more food. I was like, I'm doing harder workouts or I should say just going like harder from like a strength perspective, not even duration of workouts. But I just felt like I needed more fuel to support my workout and my day. Yeah, I think that's I mean, one of the one of the reasons to kind of build yourself up on maintenance is just because you've been on a deficit for too long. That's a reason that we use all the time with our clients. If we've seen they've been on a deficit for too long, like your body's not supposed to be on a deficit for too long. And in your case, obviously you weren't working a coach at the time. So in your case, your body was like, hey, I don't want to be in a deficit anymore <laughs> right yes. now. And so it was, it's good that you kind of listened to that. What about you now? What When do you think it's important to go on maintenance? I, no surprise to probably any of you, think it's got way more to do with your mental state and your habits than anything else. I think this is like, again, where it becomes so important to really know yourself and understand how you're feeling energetically, how your mood is, how your sleep is, how your workouts are, all of those things. And I think that there's some little like red flags that you can kind of look out for. You know, if you're really just like dreading tracking a single gram of food, like you may need a break, ease up on the cut or whatever Mm. goal you're working on. If you find yourself like, you know, having these little binges all the time, or you're just generally feeling just so off from how you normally feel, or maybe you were feeling really, really great at like week six of your program. And now you're at like week 20 and you feel horrible, probably a pretty good sign that it's time. So definitely one of the reasons being like Paige said, if you're on a deficit for too long, one of the reasons being sometimes you just need a mental break. Like it takes a lot of bandwidth to track everything that you eat all day, every day for a prolonged period of time. So definitely a mental break. But I also think that another reason to go on maintenance is because you're happy with where you are, because you just are at a point where you're like, I've been feeling I've been feeling really good. Like, I feel like I'm I'm here. Like I, I, a, a lot of people, I mean, it's harder when you don't have a specific date in mind, but I feel like I know when we work with a lot of brides and things like that, you know, they get to that day and they're like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I feel amazing. I have fulfilled my purpose. And now, like, if I could just maintain what I've done, I would be the happiest person in the world. And so that's also a reason, a lot more fun of a reason, I think. Yeah. Yes. Of like, I feel great. Let's can this celebrate? Can this be this forever? And the answer is yes, it can. <laughs> Please let me help you. So, what is bringing yourself towards maintenance for different reasons? The process of getting there is going to be different. So, what is what can maintenance look like? What are some steps to get there? I know there's this reverse dieting term that's thrown around a lot, which is kind of similar. It's basically just like maintenance, but not as severe. Right. The other way around. The reverse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's a more severe maintenance <laughs> reversal. And so what are, what are some ways that you guys, you know, bring your clients to maintenance? I feel like I've got like a couple things. Like generally people will fall into like a couple categories, right? I think yeah. when it is more mental, when you're like, I need a break, it's taking breaks from tracking. And then I would say when it has to do more with lifestyle, like I'll generally encourage clients to 
stop tracking or to track very loosely and focus instead on like daily notes. So like don't stop using your tracker necessarily, but like take out the data focus and put it way more into notes because I think that's generally more indicative of how you're doing from a lifestyle standpoint than anything else. I like those little categories you put them into because I I feel like that's sort of the general rule of thumb for either either of those. I would say too, a lot of the clients that I've interacted with going on maintenance, they truly do want to keep tracking. And whether it's been just 12 weeks or longer than that, I sort of give them some guidance. Like, sounds great. Like, I love the momentum that you, you know, have had these last 12 weeks. If you want to keep it going, if you want to continue to like track and from a either data perspective or more of like the reflections and how they're physically feeling or emotionally feeling, keep it going. But know that there is sort of a more relaxed way to go about this and still seeing some sort of result or keeping at the level that you've been going just with a little bit more fuel. And so a lot of the times we talk about reverse dieting because it's a way to like slowly get into the maintenance phase without going right to a number that might be too high for somebody. So let's say Mm -hmm. someone's not super comfortable with eating lots of carbs. They're just like more comfortable, which I think we laughed about because we're like carb nation. (laughs) Go carbs. (laughs) Yeah. No, team carb. No, but it's understandable. But I was actually just talking today with somebody that they're going more into just like slow maintenance, like working their way up. And she was like, I'm super excited because it means I can incorporate like more fruit in my day and like more like just carbs. And I was like, I love the way you're thinking about this. Like it's not an, you know, open gate to just start eating everything in sight. It's more of like, how can I purposefully plan more carbs or whatever it's going to be? in my day to get myself slowly working up to where I want to be from a calorie standpoint. There's definitely in every case of maintenance that I've helped clients with or aided in, I've always had them slowly raise their caloric intake week after week. In that like case, one of the pros of that is like you do maintain control the entire time mm-hmm. and your like body kind of like dictates the pace of the pace in which we go. Right. So it like, if we're seeing that you are a lot of times when we, when I start upping the calories on my clients, they start losing weight faster. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) this was not the plan. (laughs) Um, So it's like really like figuring out exactly what, you know, you got kind of got to like, to your point page, you got to, got to figure out what that looks like for the client. So like doing it in a slow and controlled manner is super cool. So in my head, the the way that Mac or the way that maintenance works is we figure out what that point is. And then this is in the case of like you've gotten to your goals and you feel really happy about it. We slowly start to raise calories to get to a point where your body is just simply maintaining what and also what slowly adding calories does. It it allows you to like get to a point where you're not like inundating your body with like like such a caloric overload. Like so we're slowly getting there. And making sure your body can process all that and you're not going to be gaining. And then all, and then start looking at, you know, what what is that transition off of tracking looks like? So the transition of like getting you to maintenance numbers and then the transition of getting you off of tracking altogether, I think are two different things, in my opinion. It's also, I'm listening to you explain all this and I'm like, yes, that's exactly how it goes. And I want to point out, how long this takes and how much mm. patience it requires and yes. that it like 
I think there's generally this consensus that it's like maintenance is like this. If the cut was 12 weeks long, then maintenance is like a couple of weeks. And it's like, no, 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 in it committed for sure because i honestly think maintenance takes way longer than yeah most people expect it to it takes i mean most of the time it takes significantly longer than getting to your goals in the first place right so but that's not to say so so that's in a perfect world right we're talking like in a perfect world that's what happens you get to your goals you're like oh my god i'm shredded this is amazing and then you are like okay let's raise my numbers and over time you raise the numbers and then you're like okay i'm here eating i don't know 2500 calories a day and i feel great and like how do i do this more naturally and so then you start playing with like not tracking some or logging your food but not weighing it or, you know, eyeballing dinner or, you know, using the quick ad feature as like placeholders or like just concentrating on getting enough protein and letting your satiety dictate whatever else you eat that day. Like, so there's different ways of like playing with it. That's like in a perfect world is what it looks like. But then in in this, like when we're talking about just taking a mental break from tracking or whatever, I don't know if I'd call that maintenance. (laughs) Would you? Mm. Okay, so hear me out here. Scientifically speaking, we understand and we know that in order to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. Yes. So here is where I think the whole concept of people being like, you you hear these stories and you follow these Instagram accounts where people are like, oh my God, I just started eating like 300 more calories a day and I'm losing so much weight. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm gonna be honest. I think this is fake news. And here's my thought process on this because I'm sorry, but we don't bypass science. No, no, I'm not a doctor, no, but I know facts. So here's my thought. What we do know is that stress correlates to like weight and the way that you retain weight and it can slow weight loss. It can slow progress on goals. Mm. I think a lot of times when people are in a cut, they're like so hyper-focused. You're like kind of stressed out about food because you're like, ah, like I got to eat this much and da, da, da. And I think for a lot of people, what happens when they get to maintenance or they start reverse dieting, whatever, it's like chill out. You chill out. Your cortisol level, cortisol, cortisol, your cortisol, cortisol, <laughs> cortisol levels aren't like out the roof. You're not stressed yeah. out around food. And this is, that's just like scientist Nat's perspective on it. I think yes. that actually plays way more of a role than it gets credit for. I agree with that. So, yeah. I support that. I, I'm obsessed with that, Nat. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I think you're right. I, I really do. And I also think yeah. that there, there's something, to be said about like when you've been tracking for long enough, you kind of like you're building these habits, right? You're like, you're so ingrained to make these certain choices because you're like trying to build your meals a certain way and eat a certain way and hit a certain protein goal that like over time, like you, you're, you've already built all those like good habits. I don't know if you necessarily need to be so intensely methodical about, you know, hitting your numbers perfectly throughout you know, this transition into like maintenance. Like you've already done so much hard work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Christine, I know you've been like maintenance for a long time in terms of like just not tracking at all. Mm. Again, there's like thresholds there. 
but would you ever go back to tracking? Like depending on if you hit a certain place or you wanted to crush some new goals, like, or do you feel like you're good? Oh, I'm never good. I'm never, I'm never like good for life. (laughs) You know, tracking. Yeah. I, I feel very lucky that I'm in a place where I can just use macros as like a check, like kind of just like as a course correction or as like almost like support if I need it in certain times of my life. So I'm coming off of, yeah, well, I guess actually I'm not tracking right now. So I haven't, I haven't tracked in a long time. I probably haven't tracked in maybe like seven months, eight months. And I'm really happy with my life, my body. Like I'm very happy with everything that's going on physically, mentally. I'm just in a good place, but yeah, I would go back to tracking and I have okay. gone back to tracking and I've used mm-hmm. it. I've used them for surface reasons. I've used it just because I'm like, I want to be a little more cut for yeah. whatever. Um, I've used it for performance reasons. I've just been like, you know, I just I, I want to make sure I'm eating enough because like I joined a new gym and I'm working out more or whatever. I've also used it for like really bad travel months of just like, I just want to be able to track to see like that I'm not, you know, I'm eating out like every meal. So I just want to be able to track to just kind of keep myself in check. So like, yes, yeah. I, I definitely still go back to it. I definitely still use it, but I'm I'm almost entirely on maintenance. And I think that's because for like years and years and years, like on and off, right. I was like ingraining these habits of like, you have to have 40 oh. grams of protein with breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, Minimum. Bre- breakfast is not complete without 40 grams of protein. Like someone gives me a pancake I'm like get that the fuck away from me I need some egg whites with this like I cannot have this waffle without Canadian bacon or it is not a complete meal but yeah I would go back I do go back when I need it I think those are good examples I do too yeah I girls it took me I also (laughs) want to say that I didn't know what like maintenance was or was able to find it until very recently yeah. For the first three years of my tracking life, I would literally, like clockwork, do a 16-week cut, be so stupid shredded, and then go batshit bananas. Like crazy, yeah. fall right off, like woo, woo, woo. And then it would catch up to me, I don't know, maybe like five months later. And then I would just be like, sick, I'll just go on another cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I would do it. And then I'd be tried it again and then I would go crazy and five months later I was exactly where I was and so I did that for like probably three years but now I figured it out right I did I did I figured that out January of this year side note 2019 I feel like I've tried maintenance before but again like I couldn't grasp it I wasn't like oh yeah like I'm cool with weighing less on the scale food scale, weighing less of my food and logging everything in my fitness pal. Like I'm finally to a place where I, where I got to in January where I was like, I can let go of this a little bit and be yeah. fine with it finally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Natalie, what about, what about you? What's, cause I feel like you're never, you're, you're like a unicorn, Natalie. Yes. <laughs> you're like this little blonde rainbow West coast <laughs> unicorn who is like, guys, I've always been comfortable with my body. I've never (laughs) pushed myself because somebody else wanted it. I've always been super in touch with my goals and what I wanted for myself as a person. So what does maintenance look like for you? Well, now, are you guys going to make like a meme for me? No, you're just like, I'm going to put your head on Buddha's body. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to like... 
make it. I'm going to have Mark weld a Buddha statue. That's a good like, idea. I'm going to cut out a little picture of your face oh. and then stick it on there and put it on my desk. Well, that's actually what I looked like as a baby. I had the biggest Buddha <laughs> belly you have ever Cute. seen in your life. No, I'll one that, day I'll show you. All the reasons we make fun of you is because like we wish we were just like born like you to begin with, but we weren't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And okay. so well, if we're really gonna go that deep. I was not born this way. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. I like I mean I've definitely been uncomfortable in my skin and like for the better part of my life I have wanted to change something about myself physically, but I think I just kind of got a little older and was like, this is the absolute biggest waste of mental energy. Like there's just mm a finite amount of mental energy that you can give to something. And for me, wishing my body to look a certain way just has never, not never, but like as an adult has not been worth it. I don't know. That's like going real deep. But, but I think being an athlete like changed a lot of that for me. Like Mm. it just, I'm not super inspired to eat a certain amount of macros to make myself look a certain way, but I am inspired to eat a certain amount or a certain type of way to perform and to feel good. So it's not, I don't want to say that it's like this elusive, like I can't relate. It's just, I, it's like a diff, it's just a different thing for me. Yeah. I don't know. So what when you're, question? To, so when you're maintaining <laughs> Natalie something, no, the but the original <laughs> question was, what does maintenance look like for you? <laughs> well, it's, I don't, I don't really have an answer because I think I'm like, I don't know. I haven't really like, figured it out I guess I'm just kind of like always in maintenance like I'm honestly a little bit like thrown off in this conversation in the sense that I'm like eh, it's just feeling good but that's always the goal so I guess it the is. goal is like always maintenance for me personally well I don't know I don't think that's necessarily true because when you're been on no but when you're in a cycle for a race and you're eating to perform for right. certain things, I wouldn't consider that maintaining. That's a special, like, that's a thing you're working towards and eating for. Right. Right. But it's like, yes. And there's this like time sensitive. Yeah. I mean, right. it, for me, but it's like very much just kind of more performance based. And mm. I think it can be like that for any athlete. Like you, like you're not always in marathon training. So it's like when I'm not right. always in race training, like, yeah, I'm going to like chill out a little bit and just enjoy living and doing my thing because I think that's where a lot of the confusion about maintenance comes to where so much of that gray area is totally because it's like maintenance for me looks like how my it's way more lifestyle related I think agreed like am I having to say no to way more things in the sense that I feel a little antisocial sure um and even just like sleep and mood like I noticed it's probably like end of last summer when I did do like my first macro program and like did a cut and I was like very unhappy like I was just like grouchy all the time Mm. I was like this isn't this is not sustainable. Like this calorie intake, whatever. I don't know. But for me, that was like, like, yeah, no, it's time to change something because I'm just kind of a bitch. I don't know. That's maintenance for me. It's not a good answer. Do you track when you're on maintenance? No, or loosely. I think it kind of like depends on what I'm very like fly by the seat of my pants. Like I don't, I recognize that for me with eating rules and I don't do very well. Like it has to be this like relationship where it can change based on what I need in a given week, not necessarily like a three month commitment to this like unwavering. Does that make any sense? 
when we're talking about yes in the in the realm of like maintenance yes it makes a lot of sense of like you're gonna do what feels right to maintain that balance and sometimes it's loosely tracking and sometimes it's not tracking at all totally like right now i'm like diving into marathon training and so now i'm like pretty much dialed in with my nutrition especially because i'm injured and i'm like I don't need all these carbs. I'm not running. <laughs> you know, I'm in the gym every day. So it like looks different. It's like right. shifting my ma- my macro balance right. to be like less carbs, more protein. So so closing thoughts on on the maintenance topic. Let's just overview because I think that we went in a lot of different directions. <laughs> we so did. Well, we're During all like, this conversation. You think about it. We're so spread out as far as like the range of like how we use macros and like where yes. we even are in our like macro yes. journey. Like so So I think it makes out. sense that this is so spread out. Well, it's crazy because like I'm coming from a place where macros like literally change the trajectory of my life. So it's like this like crazy thing where like eating to perform was never a thing for me and then Natalie you're like yeah I literally just eat because like I do all this intense shit all the time so like learning how to eat to do all this intense shit all the time was really important for me right so it's like we are polar opposite we're very spread out in our opinions on macros so closing thoughts about about maintenance, right? So maintenance, obviously, it's going to look different for different people. We know this. I think the if there's a key takeaway from this entire conversation, it's not that you can just get to a point where we like slap maintenance numbers on you and you're good to go. That's not what it is. It's also something where when you're teetering with this idea of of maintaining whatever it is you're maintaining, you're probably going to tip too far in one direction being too strict or too loose or whatever it's like human nature so it's not this like linear thing and that's also why it gets so blurry and then I think the last thing is just figuring out what maintenance like looks like for you because like for Natalie like it looks like loosely tracking like for Paige it looks like just like letting go for me or not tracking at all. For me, it's kind of a combination of both. So it's like what you got to kind of test a couple different things to figure out what your own maintenance looks like. And don't be afraid of the path that like gets you there either. It Mm. might not look like any of ours. Right. And that's okay. I also think it's important to point out that like maintenance doesn't even, and maybe this is where I'm like tripping on my answer so much is because I'm like, well, it's not this like, it's not, it's just simply not black and white. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, there have obviously been points in time where it's like, you know, I don't track at all or I do track or I track loosely or like whatever. It's just like and I think that that's, I guess, what I think of maintenance as is like it's just yeah going to look different. It ebbs and flows. Totally. So like maintenance for you one month may look yeah. completely different from maintenance exactly. for you in another month. Yes. yes. 150%. And if you have any kind of whoever is listening to this and obviously one of us is your coach. <laughs> If you you have any questions about maintenance or like some things to try, or even if, you know, if you're feeling like I'm happy with where I'm at, or if you're feeling like I really need a mental break, or, you know, if you're just feeling like maybe it's time to let go a little bit, one of us, you know, we could totally talk you through it because it's what we're here for. Don't be afraid to be like, this isn't working for me. When people are like expecting for maintenance to mean that you hang on to that specific weight or that specific body composition for like 
months on months on months. And I think that it's also like you've got to define what maintenance looks like for you in the sense that Mm. maybe it's like a fluctuation of like five pounds. Maybe it's like 10 pounds. Maybe it's like a certain pant size. Right. No thoughts. I totally agree. I it took me a long time to define what maintenance is. And I can tell you, but to the pound and with clothes, exactly what it is. I can like, and, and I pull macros in if I can feel myself either coming too high or too low on that specific place. Mm-hmm. I know what range I'm comfortable in and which rate, like when I'm either under it or over it for sure. For sure. For me, like to get really specific, and again, I'm still kind of figuring this out, but it's how my like stomach feels. Like, do I feel super tight? Like, am I feeling good? Are my jeans like bunting right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, truly though, like that's how I feel where I'm like, oh, like we need to like rewind a little bit. We got to get back on track, Mm. whether that's literally tracking or just like refocusing my mindset and what I'm consuming. Right. That's so good. And finding like, so. One of the things that I finding finding what my maintenance looked like was like a working it's like a working session because every time I would go on a cut, I would far surpass where I was comfortable, like living comfortably. So I was probably like I live very comfortably within a certain like pound and like composition range right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like probably a good like four to five pounds less at the end of all of these cuts that I would take. And so like learning that that was not my like comfortable living weight where I felt like Mm -hmm. confident and strong and And you could keep it up and I could maintain it. Finding that was, you know, without going back over it and then having to cut back down and back over it. That took, I mean, it took years. So real. So real. I like that you brought that up. Um, And then I just want to say one more thing too. Like if you are listening to this and no matter like where you're at in macros, like let's say you're two weeks in and you're like, I can't even think about maintenance. I don't even know what the heck they're talking about right now. It's fine. Come back to this at a later time when you're ready to digest this because it's a lot. And I think if, if, I think that's what I would want to hear from someone in this position. So I just wanted to input that, that you don't have to be ready for this or you don't even have to be open to it at this point in time. Agreed. If you're just really focused on getting to a certain point in a certain amount of weeks or whatever it's going to be, keep focusing on that come back to this when you're ready for the next chapter. (laughs) Yeah. Disclaimer, if you're like head down, weigh and measure, like hit your macros perfectly, like let me effing do this for 12 weeks, please do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stop here. Go back. Stop here. (laughs) Redefining your purpose. Go back (laughs) and see what you're checking. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay, guys, it's time for the macro hack of the week. Okay, Paige, go. Okay, mine this week is carb-only snack ideas. Mm. I get this question a lot for my ladies that are having a hard time hitting those carbs. Literally how? And they're like, I literally, I know, literally how? But they're like, I literally cannot figure out how to meet my carbs without going over on any other macro, which is super understandable in the upfront. But here's a couple of suggestions for you. Yes. Crackers. Yep. Love those little nut fins. Can't I think it's like blue diamond or blue something. That's literally just carbs. Pretzels. An apple. Pretzels. Grapes. 
I mean, fruit is going to be your best friend here. Maybe it's even like a little brown rice section mm. in your salad. Potatoes. Quinoa. Or I guess quinoa has protein in it, but potatoes. Exactly. Jicama. <laughs> yeah. Christine is just like a dictionary for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I could probably list a carb only on the entire dictionary or the entire alphabet. Apple, blackberry, cantaloupe. Oh my God. Stop. Watch her go. <laughs> that's amazing. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for uh, this. Oh, wow. That's good, though. We don't have time. That is good. Guys. Christina's going to come out with a full Instagram post that's going to be like 100 slides. <gasps> that's just the ABCs of carbs. I would love yeah. it. Well, I, I can do- see your wheels spinning right now. I'm like so excited right now. But I know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that our helpful docs, our meal building worksheet does have carbs listed out in high volume to dense and they're all in alphabetical order if you are worried about this. The organization level. Anyway. Of... Anywho. Natalie, what's your macro hack? So mine is another easy one. Tell me. <laughs> but mine's a travel one. So I was traveling to Chicago this past week and as Christina and Paige know, when we talked about our upbringings, my family from the Midwest just thrives and lives on carbs and pizza and what is a vegetable. Found out this weekend. Sorry, I'm totally on a tangent, but this is a funny story. So my dad, we did not grow up eating fish because my parents are both from Illinois and they were like, what? We taught my dad today, my dad, who has been alive for almost 60 years, (laughs) that cod is a fish Cod does not stand for catch of the day. No. (laughs) My husband from the South Shore of Massachusetts was like beside himself. He grew up in Duxbury, Massachusetts, which is literally the land of the oyster. And it was appalled. The funniest. Yes. how, How did this conversation come about? Well, because we were talking about where we were going to get like our 900th slice of pizza and somehow fish got looped into the conversation, probably because my husband and I were like, dear God, give us a vegetable and a, and a fish. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's a tangent. So I was traveling. You guys, we do family. have veggies here in the Midwest. Just want to make that clear. They do, you, yes, and they're delicious. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. So we're staying with my family and it's just like carbs on carbs on carbs on carbs on carbs on top of that. And literally just snuck a little trip over to Trader Joe's in the morning. Everyone was sleeping like the day hadn't started yet. And literally just stocked up on straight up carrots, broccoli. Like we got, they have like a turkey soup that you can heat up. Like just these little things that like, yes, we were traveling with a family and yes, meals were all together. But just to even, we ate before we went out and it made a world of a difference Mm. to just sneak in some vegetables and protein where otherwise it wouldn't have worked out. So my long winded macro hack of the week to just do what you got to do, like go to a store and just get some of the things that you normally eat while you're traveling so that it doesn't feel quite so jarring the system. You are not a victim when you're traveling. No, definitely not. not. No, I always offer to cook no matter what. Totally. It's the best gift. True. And if not, just bring your own goddamn snack. Anyway. Exactly. My macro hack of the week is Quick Ad is a maintenance girl's best friend. I love the Quick Ad feature on my fitness pal for its many faults. Wink, wink, security breach. My fitness pal is a really great app and has a lot of cool features, one of which is Quick Ad. Quick Ad, if you guys don't know what it is, is when you can Quick Ad 
carbs, fats, and proteins, grams of it. And it like adds up the the calories and, and you can put it in your diary without specifying what the food is. I, one of my maintenance techniques when I was trying to figure out what kind of maintenance girl I was, was to use QuickAd. And so instead of logging all of my food or instead of just not logging at all, I would open a quick ad and I would just kind of guesstimate really quickly and jot down what I thought was in my meal, almost as like a placeholder. So I had like a rough idea of what I needed for my other snacks and meals for the day. And so that was like a really cool way for me to take like mental notes on what I was eating. Another thing that I would do was sometimes only do protein. So I'd look at my meal and be like, mm, okay, that was like 28 grams protein, 30 grams protein, jot it down. And it was just like a cool framework without being super intense about tracking. I love that. I have a question. What? Tell me. Because I get this question a lot and I just want to ask it. Mm. I want to ask it. Yeah. Where do I find quick ad, Christine? Oh, girl. I'm so glad you asked. Go into your food diary and then go (laughs) where you're going to add food. There are three little dots on the right hand side of your diary. Click the little dots and it will say quick ad and then you can click Woo. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I got you. If anybody needs a MyFitnessPal <laughs> tutorial, I literally live in that app. So you just let me know. I know all sorts of fun stuff that you can do in there. <laughs> Facebook group posts that MyFitnessPal tutorial is fire. Yeah, it's popping off. Shout Natalie. Out <laughs> Shout out to Lose It. <laughs> I'm sorry. MyFitnessPal does not do it for me. Team just lose it forever. It, just because its user interface is not as beautiful as it's lose it. It's so bad. It is. It's so bad. bad. I appreciate no. that you're all about the aesthetics here, Nat. Visually, yeah. it is offensive, but, <laughs> but, but I get it. It's got a massive database. Everyone uses it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't really, I tried to use lose it, but whatever. Anyway, what are we talking about next week? Because I'm not the host. Oh my God, guys. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Natalie's the host. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just going to be like tangents and a hot mess. No, I'm totally joking. Guys, we're going to talk about how macros, quote unquote, work. Oh. Mm. I'm really excited to dive deep on this one. So gonna like just go a little bit deeper on people all the time will be like, how does it even work? Like what, like, isn't this supposed to be happening? Why isn't this happening? So what we're going to do is dive a little bit deeper on how it all works. We're going to debunk the mysteries, huh? Yeah. Think of it like Mythbusters, but Habit Edition. (laughs) I love that show too. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 